Did you know the Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hello, and welcome to World Weekly from the Financial Times. I'm Gideon Rachman. Today, we're looking at China, where last week it was announced that President Xi Jinping now represents the core leadership of the Chinese Communist Party. So is China moving towards a more autocratic system? To assess the situation, I'm joined here in the studio by James King, our former bureau chief in China, and on the line from Beijing, our correspondent Lucy Hornby. Lucy, interpret for us this phrase, core leader. Well, it sounds sort of strange, doesn't it? Because Xi Jinping is already the three top titles in China. He's already general secretary of the party, which is the highest title in the land. He is the head of state, which is second to the party. And he's also the head of the military. So you would think it's gilding of the lily, so to speak. But his concern is that he doesn't actually control all the reins of power. And so he's hoping that this designation will lay to rest any lingering doubts about who's in charge. And James, I mean, it's come in the context, though, of since she took over all those titles in 2012-2013, an increasingly personalised style of leadership, which is a break from his predecessor, Hu Jintao, isn't it? Yes, it is. I mean, I think Hu Jintao was relatively uh, sub-fusk as a Chinese leader, but Xi Jinping has really tried to personalise and also to add several newer elements towards the Chinese leadership, many of them ideological in character. I mean, he's come up with his China dream philosophy through which China hopes to recapture historical glories. He's got a much more Sinocentric view of the world. He's ramped up tensions in the South China Sea and against Japan in the East China Sea. He's stepped up the battle against hostile foreign forces. He's told the media to that surname must bear the word party, meaning that they must follow the party line in everything they do. So he is a much more forceful and powerful, and as you mentioned, has a much more personalized leadership style. And Lucy, I mean, one of the odd things, certainly viewed from the outside, is the extent to which there's a deliberate now and conscious echoing of Mao Zedong, which seems incredible given how much China has changed, how wealthier it has become since the Mao era, and yet there's a conscious evocation of that. Yes, and that is what has a lot of people worried because a lot of people are not in a big hurry to return to the days of Mao. Those that are advance this argument that China can only be ruled by an autocrat at the end of the day. The country is too large and has too many feudal traditions, they might say, for it to withstand the kind of give and take, for instance, a democracy or even a constitutional monarchy, frankly. Not everybody holds that view, though, and a lot of people are very, very disturbed by what they see as a return to a single strong man. Sense of, you know, for those of us not living in China, what this neo-Maoism, how does it manifest itself? Well, I think that is one thing where we have to be a bit careful because Mao was almost a god. You know, his photo was worshipped. If you ripped his face on the stamp of an envelope, opening the envelope, you could be denounced and criticized. If you made a mistake sweeping your floor and knocked into his statue and smashed it into smithereens, then you might try to bury it in the backyard in the middle of the night so nobody would notice. 
And then you'd still be scared because if somebody dug up your backyard and found a smashed statue of Mao, you would definitely be denounced. So, you know, I think we have to be realistic that Xi Jinping is nowhere near that level of sort of insane deification. But, you know, they are preparing a sort of cult of personality, mild version. So, for instance, portraits of him, his face sort of looks vaguely like Mao's in a little way. And there are various other aspects to try to bring the people's fealty to him. And James, I mean, it strikes me as, a you know, an occasional visitor to China, Almost strangely at odds, if you go to Beijing or Shanghai, they're throbbing modern cities. It seems odd to believe that the Chinese middle class, at least, would go for these kind of popular songs about the leader. It's all rather infantile. It's a very interesting question. I think this is a sort of philosophical discussion. You know, people all over the world these days are looking for certainty. They're looking for simple solutions to a very complicated life. And perhaps the middle class play in China plays into that. But I think what is really interesting to me anyway is the contradiction that exists between a single point of authority for a country of 1.4 billion people, second largest economy in the world, and a very complicated a capitalist economy, effectively. How this contradiction is going to play out, some people say that Xi Jinping is amassing power and personal power at that because he wants to push through much-needed reforms to make China even bigger and stronger. And some people say that he's just amassing power because he's power-hungry. And I really don't think we know the answer to that question. And uh, Lucy, I mean, you say as well that there's a theory that he's amassing power not because he's making himself stronger, but because in some sense he feels threatened, that, he, that he's, he's weak in some ways. So one interesting thing about this core designation, so one interesting thing about this core designation was it was actually originally invented in a moment of enormous weakness. Mao Zedong rarely held very many titles. His titles shifted throughout time, but he wielded absolute power, even though at given points, somebody else might have officially headed the party or somebody else might have officially headed the state. Deng Xiaoping maintained influence for years when his only title was head of the China Bridge Association, bridge as in the cards. So, you know, your title, having more titles doesn't necessarily mean more power. And this core designation came about when in two days after the bloody crackdown on the Tiananmen Square protests, Deng Xiaoping was looking at a party that was in shambles. His own succession was in shambles. He reached out to Shanghai and he picked Jiang Zemin from there, a person with a relatively small power base. And he said, okay, you're the next leader. And by the way, in case anybody questions this, Mao was the core before, I'm the core now, and you are the next core. So there was no such thing as a core under Mao or under Deng himself originally. So to want that designation, it sort of begs the question of why do you want it? Because if you were so powerful, surely you wouldn't need it. And James, I mean, there have been, again, a sort of obvious political science question when she has had this big anti-corruption drive. He's arrested, or his uh, the party or the state have arrested very powerful people in the military, in the bureaucracy. And that leads to obvious speculation that could there be a backlash? Could powerful forces actually conspire against him? It is a very good question. Obviously, we don't know the answer. You do speak to Chinese people who talk about a considerable level of discomfort and unhappiness among among official ranks, particularly at the local government level, where local governments that rely on all kinds of infrastructure projects have had those curbed to some degree. But I think with the 
current political structure in China, this kind of pyramid uh, hierarchy where orders flow from the top down to the very bottom, it's quite difficult to imagine somebody or some issue overturning this. I mean, China is a tremendously powerful authoritarian state with millions and millions of police, people's armed police, the army, all in uniform and directed at maintaining the status quo. So there may be grumbling, there is grumbling, but how effective that will be in China's system is another question. And of course, Lucy, I mean, there's a lot of political speculation now about whether there'll be a reshuffle of leaders at the top and whether Xi Jinping intends to do not just another five years, but maybe even stay on beyond. What's your reading of all that? Well, that's the question, because people who look at the pool of candidates who might be uh, qualified of the right age and the right connections to join the standing committee of the Politburo, that very tiny group of people at the apex of power, They just don't see a very deep bench for Xi, given his past networks of relationships. Um, They're relatively weak compared to some other people's. And so the rationale is, well, we can't identify who his designator successor should be. So therefore, we think he might want to extend his turn so that he has time to groom a successor. And of course, the successor you choose embodies the influence that you are able to continue to extend after you yourself have left office. So that's kind of the rationale. Again, it's not so much that, oh, he's so strong, he'll stay in that power. It's more the other way around, that we don't see uh, such a pyramid of strengths, of personal fealties and institutional strengths that would allow him to step down and yet maintain influence. And of course, as James just pointed out, he's also angered a lot of people. Now, we're, I mean, partly trying to sort of get inside his head, which may be a futile exercise, but is it also possible that he actually has no intention of stepping down at all, that he just wants to stay on for a very long time? Well, I think that would cause a lot of alarm in China, because maybe a little bit like FDR in the US, once he took his fourth term, that's when the movement grew to formally limit presidential terms. Chinese are very concerned that they don't want to be in a situation where you have a doddering monarch who dies in power and then triggers a succession crisis. Another point that I think that we should maybe keep in mind is that although we see this power consolidation as a proactive effort by Mr. Xi, the Chinese themselves portray it as a reaction that the people who had amassed pyramids of, of networks, and here I'm talking about Bo Xilai, a powerful and charismatic politician, and Zhou Yongkang, the very powerful energy and security czar, both of whom are in jail now, that, that watching them establish those bases deeply alarmed the party that there was a potential for somebody to pull the party apart from the inside. So whereas we focus on you know, forces that might be centrifugal forces on the outside, they are obsessed with the idea that the party could be split from within. So finally, James, I mean, fascinating stuff, but for those of us not uh, sitting inside China, what are the implications of an increasingly powerful Chinese president, leader of the Communist Party? How do you think it's, it's likely to affect China's interactions with the rest of the world? I think the main interactions will come from the fact that it's not just the fact that Xi Jinping has amassed a lot of power, it's also his philosophy, his political philosophy that goes along with it. This is a highly nationalistic philosophy. It's a philosophy of, I won't say real politic, but certainly brusque relationships internationally. He intends to expand Chinese power, uh, first of all in Asia and then in other places around the world, and he has a wherewithal to do it, given China's financing 
building strength and its ability to build infrastructure around the world, particularly through the One Belt, One Road strategy that he has at the moment. So from that perspective, I think we're going to see a much more robust China on the world stage and probably a China less willing to entertain opposition from other parts of the world, Europe and the US included. I think domestically, this could be a bit of an Achilles heel, because what China needs domestically most in terms of its economy is reforms. And these are reforms to rather inefficient state-owned enterprises and the great problem that China's experienced over the last few decades, the misallocation of capital. And both of those reforms require checks and balances to power. They don't require an emphasis of power or a collection of power into the hands of one individual. So I think the Achilles heel here is that even though Xi Jinping's power may increase, this could have a deleterious effect on the economy. In fact, it could even erode China's economic power. Thank you very much indeed to James King here in the studio in London. Thanks also very much to Lucy Hornby in Beijing. That's it for this week. Until next week, goodbye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you might like to try our FT News podcasts, which focus on one of the main issues of the day and bring you the insights and expertise of our global network of journalists, as well as outside contributors. You can download these at ft.com slash podcasts most days of the week. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc.